Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Transformation Radio. My name's Trustin. I'm 27 from uh, Columbus. Grew up with a pretty, uh, pretty good background, childhood rather. Went to uh, school here in Columbus, um, went to college after high school, and everything seemed to be pretty well on track um, until I started started getting into the wrong crowd and, wrong, and started doing drugs. I was, on, I was on a good track, and then once I started using drugs, the wheels just kind of fell off. The trajectory I was on it just wiped away, and um, ever since then, I've been basically running on a treadmill, working just to feed my habit, not going anywhere, just working, 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 not making any progress whatsoever. Until my mom uh, saw on the, on the news on Sunday about the refuge, and the next following Monday, I was here. And um, since then, um, I feel like I have a new lease on life. And I'm extremely grateful for a second chance. And um, this place really is saving my life. And I just encourage everybody out there to, uh, to uh, stick with it because it, it really works. And now it's time for our reading here in the New Testament. Our narrative comes from the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 53. Here's a brief overview and commentary on what we'll be narrating in Scripture today. The two followers returning to Emmaus at first missed the significance of history's greatest event because they were too focused on their disappointments and problems. In fact, they didn't recognize Jesus when he was walking right there beside them. To compound the problem, they were walking in the wrong direction, away from the fellowship of believers in Jerusalem. You know, we're likely to miss Jesus and withdraw from the strength found in other believers when we become preoccupied with our dashed hopes and frustrated plans. Only when we're looking for Jesus in our midst will we experience the power and help He can bring. Now the news about Jesus' crucifixion had spread throughout Jerusalem. Because this was Passover week, Jews visiting the city from all over the Roman Empire now knew about His death. And this was not a small, insignificant event, affecting only the disciples. Now the whole nation was interested. Well, these followers from Emmaus had been counting on Jesus to redeem Israel, that is, to rescue the nation from its enemies. Most Jews believed that the Old Testament prophecies pointed to a military and political Messiah. They didn't realize that the Messiah had come to redeem people from slavery to sin. When Jesus died, therefore, they lost all hope. They didn't understand that Jesus' death offered the greatest hope possible. Now, beginning with the promised offspring in Genesis and going through the suffering servant in Isaiah, the pierced one in Zechariah, and the messenger of the covenant in Malachi, Jesus introduced these disciples to the Old Testament. Christ is the thread woven through all the scriptures, the central theme that binds them together. Paul also mentions that Jesus appeared to Peter alone. This appearance is not further described in the Gospels, Jesus showed individual concern for Peter because Peter felt completely unworthy after denying his Lord. But Peter repented, and Jesus approached him and forgave him. And soon, God would use Peter in building Christ's church. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. April 29th, the New Testament, Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 53. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. 
As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to sea, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people! You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the Scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering His glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the Scriptures the things concerning Himself. By this time they were nearing Emmaus, and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if He were going on, but they begged Him, Stay the night with us, since it is getting late. So He went home with them. As they sat down to eat, He took the bread and blessed it. Then He broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared. They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, The Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story, of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road, and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened? he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that the message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. 
you are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and, lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So they worshipped him and then returned to Jerusalem, filled with great joy. And they spent all their time in the temple praising God. Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5. David tells us to acknowledge that the Lord is God. How can we do that? We acknowledge Him when we shout our praises, appreciate His status as our Creator, accept His authority in every detail of life, enthusiastically agree with the guidance He gives, and express our thanks for His unfailing love. God is our Creator. We did not create ourselves. Now, many people live as though they're the Creator and center of their own little world. This mindset leads to pride, greed, idolatry, and if everything should be taken away, a loss of hope itself. But when we realize that God created us and gives us all we have, well, we'll want to give to others as God gave to us. Then, even if all is lost, we still have God and all He gives. God alone is worthy of being worshipped. So what's your attitude toward worship? Do you willingly and joyfully come into God's presence? Or are you just going through the motions, reluctantly going to church? This psalm tells us to remember God's goodness and dependability and then to worship with thanksgiving and praise. Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5. A psalm of thanksgiving. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Go into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And His faithfulness continues to each generation. Proverbs chapter 14, verses 11 and 12. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the godly will flourish. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death.
is today's In Touch Devotion. Today's scripture reading is verses 7 through 9 of Romans chapter 14. For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord, or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Have you ever been around people who adamantly refuse to accept any help whatsoever? Perhaps you've heard them balk, I don't need your charity, or I can do this myself. On some level, we respect people like this because of their commitment to earn their own way in life. However, when this work ethic gets too far out of balance, serious spiritual problems can result. In his allegorical look at eternity, The Great Divorce, C.S. Lewis describes a character who wants nothing more than his rights. That is, he wants only what he deserves, no more, no less. On the surface, this appears to be an act of humility. However, such an attitude is often the fruit of false humility, and is actually motivated by pride. If we're determined to solve problems on our own, refusing every offer of help, then we will fail miserably when we try to solve the problem of sin. Sin is everyone's problem. Scripture makes it clear in Romans 3.23 that there's no escaping it. It says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So what is the price that's to be paid for sinning? Romans 6.23 reveals that the wages of sin is death. If we, like Lewis's proud man, accept only our rights, then sin and death will reign in our lives. We can overcome the burden of sin only when we relinquish our pride and humbly receive what we do not deserve, the loving sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ on our behalf. Thank Him today for providing what we could not achieve on our own our very salvation.
thought would never end Trying to make it on faith in a struggle against the wind I've seen the dark in the broken places oh, But I know in my soul no matter how bad it gets I'll be alright There's hope in front of me There's a light I still see it There's a hand still holding me Even when I don't believe it I might be down but I'm not there There's better days still up my head Even after all I see There's hope in front of me There's a place at the end of the storm you finally find Well, this is John Maxwell, and welcome to Minute with Maxwell. I have a very special word today that I would like to share some thoughts on with you, and the word is simplicity. I think often in our business world, we try to make it way too complex. We kind of load ourselves up with all of the things that we think are essential And we don't take the long journey because we're worn out after we've gone a few blocks. Why? Because we haven't reduced things down to the essential. We've just kind of put things on that we thought were good or important, but probably 
we didn't need. I've always uh, worked hard to be a communicator. You see, an educator takes something simple and makes it complicated. <laughs> In fact, if you aren't confused, they usually aren't happy. But a communicator takes something complicated and makes it simple. And what I would say to you in this very complex world that we live in, where there are so many options and so many pressures to be so many different things, I would say that you need to look at your world and you need to look at your life and ask yourself a simple question. What is it that is essential to me? And what are the things that just aren't that important? Kind of reduce down, dumb down, Kind of get that load off of your back. I, just trust me on this. You will find that you can go far if you carry light. As you can see, leading in a complex world requires simplicity to cut through all of the clutter. I want you to join me at a Chick-fil-A leader cast as we learn to simply lead. Just click on the link below and you will receive all of the details I'll see you soon. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now that is the gospel in a nutshell. Everything you need to know about redemption and salvation is in that one verse of scripture. 25 wonderful words. Some say they're just nothing But some words upon a page In a dusty old Bible At a back road revival Or a Sunday school lesson from childhood days Yeah, and some say they're just numbers Just some numbers on a sign 316 they don't mean a thing We see it all the time But the world pays no mind Well, all I can tell you Is what it means to me These are the numbers of my hope These are the words that set me free They tell the story of a Savior Who gave his life for me And with all that is within me I believe for God so Jesus did through Billy Graham I heard him talking through that TV He said come just as I am So I can Now in my life I've failed and fallen I have drifted far and wide I have wandered from my calling I believe that devil's lies But I've never have forgotten The truth that pulled me from the bottom From the day I joined that prodigal parade
side What will you do with Jesus? Will you let him change your life? Well, it's an open invitation Calling out to everyone It don't matter where you've been It don't matter what you've done Hear that still small voice calling It's calling you to come And let these words wash over you Your new life has begun Your new life has begun Your new life For God so long So loved the world He gave His one and only Son
does it for today's podcast. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.